Released in 1993, this romantic comedy is the second film written and directed by Nora Ephron. With a stacked cast, including Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Bill Pullman, and Rita Wilson, this film sits on the tomato meter at a 75% certified fresh. It was nominated for two Oscars, one for Best Screenplay and one for Best Original Song, A Wink and a Smile. With a wonderful soundtrack and what some might call some slight stalking, Today on You've Never Seen It, we're talking Sleepless in Seattle. Welcome to You've Never Seen It, an audio podcast where I am on a mission to never hear these four words again. I am your host, Allison Salamone, and joining me today is my good friend and Nora Ephron Stan, Kaylee Vaughn. Hi, Kaylee. Hey, Allison. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hanging out. I'm excited you're here. Um, yeah, no, when I when I started doing this whole list you asked for Sleepless in Seattle almost immediately. Like, you couldn't believe I've never seen it. Well, you know, it's one of those things where I was looking at your list. There were, like, so there were definitely three that stood out to me of, like, movies that I'd seen a lot of. But I ultimately settled on Sleepless in Seattle. Um, I know that Kelly had already called uh, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. But I personally have more of like a personal connection to Sleepless in Seattle. Because I have a very vivid memory of seeing this movie in theaters. When it came out, it was the summer after my first grade year. And I know we're like, I know we're about the same age. So um, I... It's just really cool because I remember the theater we saw it at is theater in my hometown. I'm from uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. And I remember my mom took me to see it with um, my first grade teacher because they had become pretty good friends. And she wasn't my teacher anymore. So we were like, so I remember going and seeing this movie in the theaters. And it's probably my first, like, I mean, I would say like adult movie. I feel yeah. what I mean, not like adult movies. Which is like, funny because it's rated. Film. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so funny because it's rated PG, but like I was watching and I could have sworn it, it, it I I thought it was, I don't know why I thought it was higher, maybe because of When Harry Met Sally and knowing that Nora Ephron mm-hmm. wrote both of them and she had directed Sleepless in Seattle. So I think I just assumed um, that it was the higher, but like I'm looking on IMDb, IMDb right now and it's only rated PG. Um, when when little Jonah Baldwin yells on the phone to the to Dr. Dr. Marsha, ho, a ho, my dad is leaving with a ho or something along those lines. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, I tell you what, the language in this. I mean so we can get into it, you know, you know, so you, you've, you've already, I know you've seen, uh, when Harry met Sally and I know you've probably already talked, you talked about it with Kelly already. Yeah. Um, so this is your second Nora film, right? Yes. This is my second. I don't think, and I, I looked through her filmography. I don't think I have seen any, no, I lied. I have seen Michael. <laughs> I think that's. For that to be the one you've seen cracks me up. It's definitely her weaker film. One of her weaker films. That's the one where John Travolta plays an angel, right? Yes, it is. Yep, that's the one I've seen. Also, I remember seeing that one. Uh, we rented it. I saw that as a rental 
at the beach. I remember. See, I have like nice. I have that weird memory, Allison, with movies. Like I can no, like, like I remember I going remember, to the beach with like, like your family. The first time I yeah. see movies. Oh, absolutely. That's what I love about movies is there. There's always something that like pulls at it. And and before we get too deep into it, I kind of want to backtrack and get into. I just want to get kind of a little history for you and like your history with movies. Um, and you kind of already said like why Sleepless in Seattle, but is there anything else about this movie that you just you you love so much? Well, this I think probably sums up like why I'm a Nora Ephron fan because she clearly loves old movies and i like yes. old movies you know she clearly plays pays homage to a lot of old movies and a lot of her movies so like as you kind of go through and you watch more of her movies and i hope you do you see that she, she has nods and so if you like classic cinema you you know you you see that in her films it's like really like her love letter to like these like classics and mm -hmm. i was that kid who besides like i said i'm i'm a 90s kid so like i said besides just going to the blockbuster and just checking out like whatever the like the new releases were on the new release wall i was the kid who would always walk up the aisle and i would pick you know old movies to watch but then also was 90s was like the time when like amc and turner classic movies were these two channels that were just like super mm -hmm. popular so like one of my favorite things to do as a kid was just like just watch old movies on tv because they were th they were available for us to watch and we didn't have streaming so that was what i would do you know yeah. i would just watch old movies and that's how i discovered like you know carrie grant and audrey hepburn and you know all these like i mean it's just like a couple of my let's say i think favorites. the first time i watched but, breakfast you know, at I tiffany's just, was like was a turt was a tcm you know on because like you didn't mm -hmm. want to pay it apparently my parents didn't want to pay an arm and a leg for what it was to have like hbo and cinemax mm -hmm. and showtime and what it was back then like it was insanely expensive mm -hmm. And DVDs were super expensive too. So you either yes. rented them or like you watched what was on television, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And I got a lot of education from, I mean, Robert Osborne. I mean, I was, I used to love to hear him talk about movies. Like that was what made me kind of fall in love with old movies. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember. So in Harry Met Sally, it was a, a lot about Casablanca, which I told, um, in, in the previous episode that if someone had just told me that sooner, I probably would have watched it sooner. <laughs> but in this one, it's all about an affair to remember. And I love that. I like that there's the there's Have you that seen? central. Of, of course not. Of course I haven't seen it. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> you need to you need to add it to your list, though, because it is really it's a good one. I really I, I feel like I need to now. I, and it's so funny, the things that because I love the style. One of the reasons why I love Nora Ephron is I love that she's a dialogue person. I love that the movie has all of her films just have amazing dialogue and it's mm -hmm. just, it's nonstop. And Meg Ryan is just brilliant in, in everything that I've seen with her in it, especially in these Nora Ephron films. She, she just thrives in these kind of yeah. characters that, that are being written for her. Um, I, I have to look up, but I, is this the first time that we get that Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks team up? No. The first time oh. is in a movie that was not directed by Nora Ephron. It's Joe okay. versus the Volcano, which you probably have heard of before. It's different. It's not a Nora Ephron movie, I can tell you that. It's, it's very, <laughs> um, it's, he's got a, he's got a point of view as a filmmaker. Like, I will say that. It's, um, mm -hmm. 
but they do have chemistry. So like, I, I know that they're, so when you're talking about sleepless in Seattle, I think it went through a lot of changes and a lot to get made. I know that, you know, there's an original guy who worked on the screenplay and he was trying to get it made. And it, it had gone through, I think several rewrites before even Nora got brought onto the project. And, you know, she really was just trying, like at that point they would just wanted it to be witty. Cause like, according to i think the plan was always to be your main characters literally don't meet until the end of the film right (laughs) like that was always the original like concept for the film but she was really supposed to like kind of add some wit to the characters and i know that you know this is the thing about nor f films and you'll notice this if you watch more of her films all of the characters no matter how small they are they all have like moments like and she's even said that i think in interviews about this film yes but once you go back and watch it like everybody is like a character like one of my favorite like side characters is mm-hmm. the babysitter she cracks me up <laughs> yeah yeah and she, you don't get like she doesn't speak a whole lot but she's funny when she like when he's running around trying to find Jonah and like she's just standing yes. there, Jonah, like not Jonah. concerned, like, like does not care. Says, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. My yeah. also favorite when he's yeah. going to the that date and she's like clearly making. They're watching something he shouldn't be watching, and she like she motions to him to turn the channel when he comes downstairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they're watching some kind of like must be watching some um, kind of like soap or, opera or something like that. Oh, there. <laughs> some. Where whatever she was watching, clearly Jonah picked up on because he started talking about, I don't know if it was before or after um, that scene, but when uh, Jonah is talking with uh, his dad about, if you meet someone, are you guys going to have sex? And Tom Hanks looks and goes, well, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Is she going to scratch up your back? I'm just like. (laughs) It's so, I mean, the chemistry between Tom Hanks and the kid who plays Jonah, which I can't, I'm blanking on the kid's name, but because he has, he wasn't uh, in Ross a lot of Mallin- things, Ross Mallinger. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of voice acting. He was the kid that did the voice of TJ on, uh, uh, recess. The, the okay. I don't think I knew that. Whatever the but Disney you know, Saturday morning. I only know him from this and, but he, he, I mean, honestly, well, to be fair, I, I'll say to be fair, I looked it up on IMDb because I got it right here. So I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> it's, it's all right. I loved Recess though. I was a Recess fan. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I was a big yeah. Recess fan. Who wasn't? <laughs> this stack. This, this whole cast is stacked. Like, oh god, the amount yeah. of people that are in this movie. You have Bill Pullman as Walter, who's like, uh, you know, allergic to everything. I love that we get Rob Reiner mm-hmm. in here. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that we get the Rob Reiner cam- cameo. You got Rosie O'Donnell. You got Rita Wilson, Victor Garber. I mean, it is just David Hyde Pierce makes an appearance, like a, a young David Hyde Pierce. He's yeah. like, oh my God, that doesn't even look like the same guy from Frasier. As her nerdy brother. Doesn't look like the same like... guy. <laughs> I mean, even he has this moment. Even he has this moment of like, we got married because Ju- I think his name is, her name is Judith because she said we needed, to, we had to get married. Like, I love that. Or we would break up. Yeah. Or we'd break up. It's yeah. either we get married or she was going to leave me. And it's like, but how many marriages are because of that and it's kind of it's it's really it's just very wittily written and mm-hmm. you know it kind of i mean i puts a, like a, i mean this could never be remade today because there's no such thing as late night call-in radio hosts anymore you know like yeah. i don't think this is like i mean not like, really clearly, this I mean, is the even- equivalent you know even the voice of doctor but- like dr marcia fieldstone who is a clear yeah. ripoff of like Dr. Laura or something like that. I remember like listening to Dr. Laura right. as a kid, you know. 
Do you know who the voice yeah, yeah. Of, you know who the voice of Marsha is, right? Um, not off the top of my head, but but I can for look Mrs. It up. Maisel fans, she's the mother-in-law. Oh my god! Yeah, no way. I love her. Oh my god, that is her. That's funny. Yeah. So like, I even, love you that don't so see much. Her, but she's such an iconic character in the film, even not seeing her. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, without her, there's no movie, right? Like, without exactly. Jonah calling into the, that radio show and Meg Ryan hearing Tom Hanks talk about his his dead wife and crying in the car and making this whole connection. It's And I also, I always love how, like in Harry Met Sally in this movie, there's always, there's, there's a friendship connection with someone. So, like, Meg Ryan always has that best friend that's either... She's looking out for their best interest or they're looking out for hers. Like, she was not going to mail that letter. But you can clearly see Rosie O'Donnell's, like, trying to be supportive whenever mm-hmm. Meg Ryan talks about Walter and what they're doing with their lives. And she'll sit there and roll her eyes and, like, make her snide little comments about, like, comparing it to, like, her husband. But without her, that letter never would have gotten sent, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't set all these little things into motion. So I love that there's a big 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 um emphasis put on not just love relationships but like friendship relationships mm-hmm. yeah too yeah and familial ones because the movie yeah. has to rely on those relationships or it doesn't work because again mm-hmm. they only have that one brief like like fleeting moment when she goes to seattle and like they they lock eyes and then they don't see each other again until the end of the movie so like the, the, right they, they have to rely on the chemistry of other like characters to keep you invested in the movie you know Hmm. yep 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 and when 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 <laughs> when when rosie o'donnell calls her in the middle of the night because he's back on the radio and she as like the phone's ringing she elbows bill pullman in the face and then oh, trying walter? to run around to like be poor walter poor walter gets the shaft and he that totally final scene between the two guy. of them he is such a good guy like that's what's so i think that's one of like one of the things that i that annoys me is like yes tom hanks is also a good guy they're both good guys but like walter didn't really deserve that <laughs> like when meg Ryan was like I don't deserve you, Walter. I'm like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> you really don't. Even yeah. with all of his allergies and his air purifiers and his, yeah. sim- like, the little things that he does, like, he really did love her and he really did want to be with her. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, he's okay with it ending because he knows she's just not that into him is fine. But, like, it almost feels like from the beginning, she wasn't that into him. Yeah. She was convinced. And I feel like that's herself. another thing that happens. Right. And just forcing it. Yeah. And like, that's not fair to Walter. Poor Walter. Yeah. Well, I think Walter gets. I hope he turned out okay. Yeah. I'm sure Walter found somebody in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Someone I mean, who appreciates he's his real air purifier so and he's his allergies. He's got to find somebody in the end. Right. <laughs> right. He becomes the president of the United States. So, you know, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, poor Walter. My <laughs> is so I feel like a couple nitpicky things about mm-hmm. this movie. Number one, there is no way 
that a child would be able to book another child <laughs> on a flight using her mother's travel agency and her mother having no idea until afterwards. Oh, like, I no, feel no. like that would have charged something. Oh, definitely. I would believe <laughs> right? it more like, now. I would believe it more now. Like, it's way easier for a kid to book a flight now than it was back in 1993. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Then I'd like go through a whole bunch of things and like he had to get to the airport and check himself in and no one's like, and I get that he said like, if as long as you're 12, you don't need, but like, I still feel like you need a parent to check you in. Oh yeah. Like I feel like that was a thing. <laughs> I don't think you can just like go to the airport as a child by yourself. Also, who took him to the airport? Did he call a taxi driver? Right. That taxi driver is very irresponsible. For right. Who's, who put this kid in a cab? Like, no one. Because he... <laughs> Did he walk? Like, where did he go? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Joan, Jonah's resourceful, man. Good for him. And then my only other thing that it seems... Because I, I love when... A city, the, the the cities that they're in are characters in this movie as well. It's yes. called Sleepless in Seattle. So you have Seattle, you have Baltimore, and you have New York City. Mm-hmm. There's a thing called time zones. So when it is midnight in New York City <laughs> on New Year's Eve, it is not midnight in Seattle. The ball is not dropping at the same time. Right? Like, we're not no, crazy. Not. No. <laughs> okay. Well, they do point that, that out. They, they do point that out because you know, the call-in stations in, she- in Chicago too. So it's in a, even a different mm-hmm. time zone because you know Dr. Phil's in Chicago. She said, "Oh, you're calling late," and she's like, "Well, it's not that late in Seattle." Right. For so he does the, say for that. the Christmas one. He does say it one time, and now they're both celebrating New Year's Eve at the same time. It's nighttime, and it like, what time is is she sending Rosie O'Donnell home? That yeah. like he's also awake, and it's like you know so. Don't think they thought that through. It is yeah, I get that it. kind of stuff just does. Like, I never get taken out of anything for that kind of stuff. I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> nope, I, mean... I do. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is why people hate watching movies with me. Because that's right. literally what I took away. <laughs> um, like, it's definitely a much different. You know what's really funny? This movie released in the summer of 1993. <laughs> But it takes place Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day. Yep. So I feel like timing wise, that also wasn't. Yeah. They didn't the marketing for the that best. was probably not the greatest. They I mean, honestly, yeah. they should they should have capitalized and made this like it should have been a Valentine's Day like release date night kind of like a thing, is what they should have probably marketed it as. Yes, I agree. That makes complete total sense. But no, it was a summer. It actually you know, and compared to some of her other movies or like other movies of this time, it still is technically certified fresh, but it only has a 75% on, mm-hmm. on, on Rotten Tomatoes. And according to IMDb, it's at a, if I can scroll up here, um, IMDb has it as like a 6.8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, they got it at like a seven, like a C. Yeah. And I don't, you know. I think that I have the nostalgia for it, clearly. I do. It's not right. her best film, though. It's not my favorite Nora Ephron film. So I, I probably would rank When Harry Met Sally. I mean, even if she doesn't direct it. But, you know, I would rank When Harry Met Sally probably up there. Um, I love Mixed Nuts. She gets a I lot mean, of credit for, for 
for when Harry met Sally. Like people yeah. feel like that movie is just as much her film as it is a Rob Reiner film. Cause it is. Like, like they very much collaborated right. for sure on that film. So yeah, no, I, it, I feel like you can't talk about Nora Ephron and not talk about when Harry met Sally. See, mixed nuts is your favorite. It's another one that I haven't seen. That's the one with Adam Sandler. He's no. in it. Yes. yes. I wouldn't say yes. <laughs> he's got a very small part. <laughs> I mean, it's Steve Martin. Steve the little Martin. things that I've learned. Steve Martin right. is like the main character and um, Madeline Kahn, like really love Madeline Kahn. I mean, I don't know if you, I, I know you've not seen a lot of things, but if you've not seen like Madeline Kahn in like Clue or like, yes, yes, in yes, all yes, the yes. Mel Brooks movies that she was in, but like, I love, I love, you know, Clue. that's such a fun, we one. lost her, we lost her all too soon. Yes, agreed. Uh, but she's so good at mixing that. Oh, you get Anthony LaPaglia. He's a, a Joe in Empire yes. Records. Love me some Anthony, Anthony LaPaglia. Granted, I've only ever seen him in Empire Records, but I loved him in it. <laughs> This is a pretty and supposedly so Parker Posey. Yeah, Parker Posey plays her and John Stewart. Like you know, the late night, late show with John Stewart, do cameos in Mixed Nuts. Oh, that's cool. And um, yeah, and um, Parker Posey. Apparently, I think she was supposed to have been cast originally in something that I think it was Sleepless in Seattle, and then um, Nora I think felt bad, and so she you know it gets. I know you haven't seen You've Got Mail, I'm guessing. So that's their other movie that they did together. Yes, but I have not seen um, it. But she casts her. She gets cast in You've Got Mail. Okay. She plays, um, you know, she plays Tom Hanks' girlfriend in You've gotcha. Got Mail. Nora Ephron <laughs> loves breaking up relationships. I would say she loves breaking up relationships. It feels like. <laughs> well, so I don't know how much you know about Nora Ephron. But. You know, she was in journalism. Like that's her. Right. That's her. That was her normal. Like that's what she was. That's what she was doing ahead of yes. time. Um, the movie Heartburn is the movie that she wrote based on the book that she wrote about the breakup of her actual marriage when her husband cheated oh. on her. So I think that plays a lot into how she writes romance. Okay. And then, so you say that, and it's probably. I would say there's probably a correlation there for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Oh my God, Meryl Streep and Jack Nicholson. Another one I got to add to the list. Well, yes, another great one. I mean, it's literally very autobiographical that movie is. And I mean, one of my favorite things is I feel like I don't remember. I've I love just Nora Ephron, which is funny. She was a funny woman. Like if you saw her like on like AFI like um, presentations or just like accepting awards or something yeah. like that. I remember like she goes, she goes just. I remember her saying like, "You just get Meryl Streep to play you." That's always a good thing. If you get Meryl <laughs> Streep to play you, you're doing well. <laughs> very young Meryl Streep too look at her Mm -hmm. oh what a smoke show I mean Meryl Streep will always be a smoke show but you know yeah yeah seriously can't argue with that um the other thing I love that I do love about this movie is the soundtrack you get the Harry Connick Jr you get that kind of jazz revival it was nominated for screenplay as well as best original song that was put in here called a wink and a smile. So that was, that was an original song for this movie. I didn't even yeah. know that. See, I've heard Harry Connick Jr. Sing that song like for years. I never even, you know, as a, as a six year old or seven year old, however I was when I saw this movie, it's not like I knew that Harry Connick Jr. wrote that yeah. song this, or that movie or that song was written for this movie. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It was written, um, written for, well, again, this is all according to IMDb. So I'm going based off of that. This is the, but yeah, it was, it was nominated for best music, original song for, um, a wink and a smile, which is 
a beautiful song. A lot of Harry Connick Jr. on this on this on this soundtrack though, and I absolutely love it. Granted, who doesn't love Harry Connick Jr.? Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely like I said that there's definitely like that that kind of jazz callback mm-hmm. to those standards really plays into that plays into the homage to the old movies. But then also there's like the fun ones too, like the wasn't there like back in the saddle again? Yeah, like that was a really fun one. To yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that honestly like stuck out to me and I, I love the song. I love classic country was Tammy Wynette stand by your man. I was like, why is this yeah. song in this movie? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was the one that was just kind of like out of nowhere. I was like, I'll give you the back in the saddle again. Like, cause that's cute. Cause he's like going back into like d- the dating world. Right. And stuff. But I was just like, oh, I didn't understand the whole stand by your man one. Yeah. You know, a, a wink and a smile was performed by Harry Connick Jr. And it was written just for, for this movie. That's fun. Um, I also liked the version that they had, because again, big Casablanca fan in the opening credits as time goes by. I mm-hmm. loved, loved the version that they had in, in this one too, which was really nice. It's always nice to hear as time goes by anytime. This is a good soundtrack. God. Ugh. Then you get also the, the music from yeah, Fair to really Remember great. as well in here, which is cool. But like the little moments. Yeah. Which is, who is, and a fair to remember is, no, who is it? Cary Grant, Grant. yes. Cary Grant. And Deborah Carr, Kerr, Carr, remember like when it read it? Yeah, I mean, Carr, That's Kerr. one of the best like scenes <laughs> in the whole movie. Or like one of the other fe- scenes that I love was, um, so you have Meg Ryan and Rosie O'Donnell watching it and crying and reciting like the lines mm-hmm. that they do. And then later on in the movie, you see Rita Wilson and Victor Garber there with Tom Hanks talking about it. Mm-hmm. And she starts talking about it. And then she starts crying. And then the two of them start making fun of her because it's like, yep, nope, women, men don't understand this movie. And then they start joking around about how, like, the dirty dozen made <laughs> them cry. Or, like, the one thing I... All improvised, by really? the way. That whole scene about the dirty dozen was all I had improvised no idea. by Victor Garber and uh, Tom Hanks. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. That I had no idea about. Yeah. Look at you with all your little little trivias. Um, so I know we, we've talked about a lot of different like moments in here. If you could rank your top three moments of Sleepless in Seattle, what would they be? I mean, honestly, the the, the iconic speech where pretty much Meg Ryan falls in love with Tom, like Ugh. whenever he basically recounts how he fell in love with his wife, like that gets me every time. Even I get missy eye thinking about that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is like my number one for sure. For sure. Oh no, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Number two is probably that scene like we were just talking about. I love how the funny, like how funny it is. Like I love that just relationship of like his sister and brother in law and like their relationship with them and them talking about, you know, um, like that movie and stuff like that. Like that's just like that. Just like I think that just that scene in general. Like especially when them talking when he's telling them about the woman she's dating Victoria and how he laughs like a hyena, how she laughs like a hyena and stuff like yeah. that. That's just so funny to me. <laughs> and he keeps trying to like, explain. which by the way, that lady who plays Victoria, I was a huge, like when I was a kid, I used to watch my grandmother was really into like soap operas and loved ABC soap operas. And so that lady who played Ale- like uh, Victoria, she played Alice Allison. I think her name was Allison Perkins or something like that in um uh one life to live okay she was like a bad she was like a villain in like pop opera so like it's so funny because i remember her from this movie and i remember her from that and like that's it right. <laughs> i don't know if she's been in anything else but that's where i remember her from <laughs> um and then probably my last my last one would be i 
I, I mean, I like the end of the movie. It's just like, I think it, they did a really good job of like having it fit together. Yes. You know? And, and so you know, it's, it, I, I, they did such a, like I said, that cause it truly was about that relationship of, of like him saying, Hey, we can do this on our own. You know, we don't need to have somebody else right. in, in, in this relationship. But clearly, because he already had seen Meg Ryan, you know, he already kind of had like there was something there because he saw her when she got off the plane and he saw her, you know, but like but that that part before that, I liked that they they that she chose to shoot it that way where he forgot the bag and they had to come back. But they had that moment before where it was like, you know, I, you know, I know you want me to have a wife, but we're fine. Just the two of us. Right. Like, we're OK. Right. Like, I love that. Like, I just love that familial relationship. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I- any like probably one of my if i would say like with top three one of them i feel like i have to combine every scene where we get tom hanks and jonah where we get sam and jonah together like when they have that whole fight um where he tells him where he tells jonah to Mm -hmm. (laughs) to shut up he's like shut up Mom never yelled at me. And like Tom Hanks just goes on one of his epic, like Tom Hanks tirade of like, I'm going to get, what am I going to do this weekend? I'm going to get laid. It's 1990. I can get laid. And he like starts like justifying how many people he slept with, with his like eight year old son. Like it's a totally normal thing to how do. How long have you been standing there? Yeah, how long have you been staying there? Forever. <laughs> That's yes. You just buy them being like father and son. You really do. Um, <laughs> how long have you been saying that forever? What did you hear me say? Six girls in college, maybe seven, seven, eight. <laughs> Mary Kelly. <laughs> oh, so good. It's hilarious. So good. Um, and then I really do love the scene where when Walter's telling her, like, I don't want to, like, I love you. And I'm putting that aside. I don't want to be someone you're settling for. And the fact that he Mm -hmm. knows that and he's feeling that and he's accepting it and he doesn't want it because that's kind of a theme that's been going on. Like that's what it's almost like almost everyone in her family has done other than her parents. You know, that's what David Hyde Pierce and his wife did. Like he married her because it was Mm -hmm. that or we break up and he didn't want to break up. So I think that's such an important kind of realization that they have and then, of course, the moment that first when she falls in love with him or with with that whole line. And then also when he's talking about how, well, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to breathe in and I'm going to and like remembering Julie's mm-hmm. and then one day I'm not going to have to remember to do it and I can just and I'll just be able to do it. And she was like, oh, my God, it's so nice. It's yeah. So, oh, oh, oh. Um, piano. Yeah, no, I I mean, just like, <laughs> but he was like, there's no way we're going on a plane to meet some woman. Didn't, didn't you see fatal attraction? Joe was like, you wouldn't let me. <laughs> you wouldn't let me. <laughs> Cause well, I saw it and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> it scared the shit out of every man in America. Scared the shit out of everybody in this Every country. man in America. Yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> Yeah, that like that Walter line of like, uh, I don't want to be someone that anyone settles for. Marriage is hard enough without bringing such low expectations into it. And I think that's like mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. it's it, that that whole part sticks with me because it's so true. 
right? Like how many people in this world just get married because they think it's the, it's the thing to do and they are just, you're comfortable with the person that you're with and it's just, it is what it is kind of thing. I mean, that's not me, but <laughs> how often is that happening? And it almost feels like it's, it, she does stuff that while so out there when it comes to this whole idea of sleepless in Seattle and like the misconnections and all of that from everybody, like while that's out there, the dialogue and the conversations and the characters are so real and so relatable, almost. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she does that so and that's well. That's what Nora does well. Yeah. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> she she grounds it like the concept is so ridiculous in a way, and the whole point of the concept is it ties it back to the original movie. Like it's it is referencing an affair to remember, and not to give it away, but you kind of get the gist of it just watching this movie, but this whole thing of like them meeting having that chance meeting and then they you know were supposed to be with other people and then they they fell in love and like they were like you know to and so like the whole idea of like is this really going to work do people does this actually work for people do people actually meet each other and then just like fall in love and like just get thrown together and it works but then she grounds it to the point where he pretty much says that he fell in love with his wife on the first date yeah and like anybody who i mean yeah marriage is hard work yes but like you know my spouse and i like we talk about the fact that we we knew like within meeting each other that first time not that we were necessarily going to get married or be together but we knew we were going to be in each other's lives for a long time or at least forever because when you have that connection with somebody you just kind of feel it oh yeah absolutely 100 percent. and that's like yeah no for for sure i mean who doesn't love hearing a spark story like that like the way that he just talks about her is um and then I feel like they do such a good job in this movie with not only like how he talks about meeting his his first wife but then when you have that moment where he sees Annie but doesn't talk to her it's when she does that like trip to Seattle and they lock eyes it's literally watching what his words from the beginning of the movie happening in real time and he and that is the thought that goes right back into my head when I see that and how he looks at her and how he just stops what he's doing and just stares and says, hello. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's done so beautifully because you just see the, mm-hmm. the difference between how he feels about this woman he saw on the street and the woman that he's been dating that his son cannot stand. Yeah. <laughs> and that, she's slowly realizing and even and even like prior yeah and even prior to that happening like right before he he doesn't even know like he sees her get off the plane and then even jonah doesn't know right he and it's so funny because he literally says you know i'm just dating this woman you know you don't fall in love like i mean it's so funny because he has admitted that he fell in love with his wife on the first date and then he's like well i'm just dating this woman because that's what you do and then he sees annie get off the plane and is like like immediately taken by her and like he that that of course is done on purpose but like it's just it's it 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 basically it disproves his point of what he's trying to say to him you know yeah and i also love that part too where he's explaining to jonah about how his mom would like peel the apple like in one like and strip she- and like and then they, they do that and they show meg ryan a and he's like yeah. do that is so cool yeah, yeah. that that's uh those little those are those little things that she just clearly does so well with her script writing and with her directing that something that happened so where she's listening to the radio peeling an apple 
And it's that best of segment and she starts crying again. And then a little while later you get the line about the one big curl. And it's just, it just, it tugs at your heartstrings so Mm -hmm. much. I, I did. I really, I really, you know, I finished, when I finished it, I didn't know if I loved it, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. one that like upon talking about, I like more as it goes and I and I think like it's definitely one that becomes more likely to be watched again like in the future for sure when I don't have to watch 82 other movies exactly I understand that I understand (laughs) the line about like I said I I love this movie I I love these when when uh he's you know the the going when they go into the house that they're doing for Claire and uh, uh, Rob Ryan was like, well, this is fate. She's divorced. We don't want to redo the cabinets and you need a wife. So what do you would call it when everything intersects? And he just walks in and goes, the Bermuda triangle. (laughs) (laughs) So good. It's so good. good. They all have moments. Like even like the cab, even like the cab driver and like, the um uh, like i mean even like the guy who lets her go up on the like the elevator like everybody in that movie has a moment yes. like it's not like they're like just these what like these like you know extras that you just see in the background like they really the, even the smallest roles are roles for her and that's what i love and i don't i don't know like the sensibility of that like i feel like she has and like i said i've seen a lot of interviews with her because i just love her wit and everything and so i know that journalism did play a huge part in you know how she writes films and how she approaches that but i think her i think her parents were also in they were in the industry too i think yes. they were like out they were like screenwriting yeah, or yeah. not but like you know and this is only her second film that she directed this is her oh, second yeah, film yeah, yeah. and so she would have had to like rely on people like mike nichols um directed that movie that i told you about heartburn for her right. and i think that he directed another movie that he wrote and then of course she would have seen rob reiner like so she here she was like with people like mike nichols and rob reiner like being able to watch these amazing directors you know and 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 learning from them too so even though she was like kind of new to hollywood and like movie making like she clearly you know had connections that helped her i think you know basically become a filmmaker later in life you know like this was her second career pretty much so oh man yeah and she's she's lovely I need to go and watch even more things that that. Should. So, what would be your top? I know you said uh, mixed nuts. What would be? What is? Nuts. Where would you? What What would be your other two for you? We're talking top three Nora Ephron films that you would have to recommend to people. And we're saying the ones one that she directed, yes. ones that she directed, yes. right? So, um, as much as I love Sleepless in Seattle, I I think that you've got mail isn't even. Okay. Better rom-com um i i like that one a lot uh I, i've probably seen them both equally but i would probably rank that one in my top three with mixed nuts and um probably julia and julia see i've seen bits and pieces of julia and julia when it's been on tv but i've never sat down and watched it all the way mm-hmm. but again you get what you get meryl streep again right you get uh Meryl Streep Amy, Amy Adams, Adams Stanley Tucci yeah like <laughs> I mean talk about another stacked cast like Nora Ephron she's yep. she knows and I like because she has such a small filmography and I and 
I mean, part of that I'm I'm sure was cut short by her, you know, passing away from cancer. But also, whenever I see someone with like a smaller filmography, it just makes me think that they're just very smart with their choices and what they're writing and what they're choosing to direct. Because you mm-hmm. can just you can go out and, and make movies after movies after movies as a director if you want. But when you are smart about your choices and smart about what you're doing, I think that's where you tend to find where things more so stand the test of time, like how a Sleepless in Seattle mm-hmm. does, regardless of how it doesn't age well because of the topic and how they meet and everything. Nowadays, it would be like a Craigslist missed connection and like they, they would set it up and then nothing would come from it. Um, so yeah. I love that. Now, I mean, she has had some misses, obviously. Michael... Um, Bewitched is not one of, not one of the ones that was, that was her, her favorite, people's favorite. Well, don't even waste your time on yeah. that one. <laughs> Which is worse, the Nicole Kidman or the Will Ferrell For the ones it. that she does well. Yeah. yeah. For the ones that she does well, she does extremely, extremely well. For sure. I do. I do. And I think that like the ones... I think the ones that she like that that I like just mentioned is because she kind of calls back to this era of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, You've Got Mail is basically a retelling of Shop Around the Corner, which is another classic film, you know. And so, and then like that, like you said, there's like with When Harry Met Sally, you have Cas- you have Casablanca, you have so many different callbacks to like different you know how like how like these old films and that's kind of like how she approaches storytelling and that's where i think she's successful and is when she does that i that makes complete and total sense uh honestly like pulling from these from these films that have done it right and have really there's a reason they've stood the test of time right like there's a reason why people still talk about casablanca and an affair to remember um and will continue to do so because of the stories and how they're made and what they do so I think this one is just another one that, again, just kind of continues to to linger, whether people make fun of it or not for its its subject matter. I still think it was an absolutely beautiful film. And the everything about it was really, really well done, other than um, some 10-year-old being able to buy a plane ticket. I hope they made him pay his parent, those parents back. <laughs> and that Cabby lost his job. I'm oh, just saying. Um, oh, <laughs> Gabby Hoffman was also another big part of my childhood because she was in Now and Then, now and then which I love. Yes. Oh yes. my God. Who d- young Devin Sala with that. Oh, <laughs> I saw yeah. it. Was, was, I, was it you I was telling <laughs> the tweet that I saw? Devin, Devin Sawa is one of the gr- best follows I have on Twitter because he will tweet some of the most ridiculously funny shit. And a couple weeks ago, he tweeted, by the time this is out to me, like months at this point, but he had sent out a tweet. He goes, the weatherman on TV said it was going to be in the 90s. So I decided to part- <laughs> it was going to be in the 90s today. So I decided to part my hair down the middle and go look for Christina Ricci. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. It was like it was. Oh, man. It was wonderful. It was probably one of the the best tweets. I I, I died. It was great. Um, Yeah. So I think, I, you know, I think think we're good to go with like rating this i'm i i can't put it in the five star tier like i did with when harry met sally again like it's hard and i feel like that's i feel like that's just such a hard movie to follow if you're going through 
Nora Ephron's career. If you're starting out when Harry oh, met I Sally. Agree. And then you're I going agree. to, I almost wish I watched these in reverse, but I'm glad, but by watching when Harry met Sally first, I get more of a feel and an understanding for how she writes and what mm-hmm. she's going mm-hmm. for. So it, and you, and I, it pulls from all of that as she goes into Sleepless in Seattle. But I will say, um, I'd probably give it, I'd probably give it three and a half stars out of five for me. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's admirable yeah. for real. Yeah. Granted, granted the other <laughs> and, Tom Hanks. And like to your point. So the other Tom Hanks movie I, I've, I've well, covered got two and a half and that was the burb. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Another, like I said, another staple of my childhood. <laughs> But I haven't rewatched it in so long, so I probably would have to agree with you not having seen it in probably close to twenty five years. That was a wild <laughs> ride. That was that was a wild, wild, wild ride. Great early Tom Hanks, though. I do, I am enjoying going back and watching all of this early Tom Hanks. One hundred percent. Oh, early Tom Hanks. He's amazing. He was like love Money Pit. You seen Money Pit? Have you seen Money Pit with him and Shelley Long? No. I'm guessing that's a no too. <laughs> Chances are, Kaylee, anything you're gonna throw at me is probably gonna be a no. Like on a scale of like, <laughs> well, money, money pit with him and Shelley Long was another one of my like I watched a lot as a kid because it was on TV yeah. a lot. Like the ones that were on television a lot, I just know because I saw them because they were on t- TV. But I will say this: so you said I, I will agree with you. I think that of the two that you've seen so far. When Harry Met Sally is definitely a stronger movie, but it was her original concept. Right. You got to keep that in mind. Sleepless in Seattle was literally already out there, so she was like, like the fourth writer to come on and basically like fix it, right? And then make and, it and so make it, it what it is. Her original concept for too, sure. So. And you can, I feel like you can see that now that I know because I didn't know that, but now that I can, now that you mention it, and I've done with doing the research on it that makes sense right you can see where she's put her spin on things because it was i think like i mean according to wikipedia it was supposed to be a um a drama and no one would pick it up so the fact that like she took it she spun it she made the comedy aspect out of it she 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 still killed it i still think i still think it's a great she still got nominated for a couple of oscars with it so i mean it didn't do that bad Mm-hmm. So yeah, she, no, she fixed it. I mean, she for for someone who like again was new to this whole like let's get into filmmaking. She was like did pretty well for herself. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's why I would definitely say give like you've got Mel a chance because I think that you see an original concept that she has. But of course, she's still banking on that chemistry between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan for Which sure. Which I'm sure they still that, have. In that amazing. movie, you do get more of it because they have more on screen time, and you've got Mel. Right? Because yeah, Sleepless in Seattle, they're in what two? They're in two scenes together. Yeah, one right in the middle <laughs> where they don't even talk other than hello, and then right at the end, which is so beautifully done. Which is also kind of just like hello. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's nice to meet you. Um, Well, Keely, before we get out of here, um, is there anything you got going on? Where can people find you? All that good stuff. Well, I do. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. It's Kaylee Vaughn IRL. If you guys want to to follow me. I mean, I just post about my life. (laughs) Nothing fancy. Perfect. Life's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I know you guys have, do you still have, do you guys still have like your, your, your GoFundMe going together for, for Gray's hip? Yes, we do. 
We did perfect. That. So I will. Awesome. That's, that's posted on my social media, so you can find it there as well. Yeah, because hip pain is zero amounts of fun. So we'll make sure we we get that in, in the show notes. People go check that out. Yeah. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. If you're listening on YouTube, please make sure to comment, subscribe, like, and let me know your thoughts on Sleepless in Seattle or and any other of the other previous films we've discussed. Be sure to hit the little bell to get the notifications anytime we have new content drop here on Flick and Reel. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Never Seen It FNR. And you can follow me at Allison Salamoni. And until next time, my friends, let's be safe and let's go watch some movies. Bye.